Hello and welcome to the Cats Walk, the podcast that brings you style with substance. I'm your host, Joseph Katz. I'm excited to bring you in-depth interviews with celebrities and influencers all about their style and personal experiences. I will also share the best beauty and fashion tips and tricks to help you look and feel your best. This week, I am bringing you the star of the new HBO series, Industry, with David Johnson. David gets up close and personal about where he grew up, his auditions for some of the most world-renowned acting schools, and you will never believe what he did before he became an actor. He also tells us what it was like working with Lena Dunham, the star of Girls, who directed the first episode of Industry, and shares something very personal he has not told anyone. Fashion is, of course, on topic of conversation, and in his role in industry, David is always all suited up, and he shares his dream suit designer that he is dying to wear on the next red carpet. Tune in to see who his favorite suit designer is. Welcome to the show. David, thanks so much for being on the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, I uh, Congratulations on all your success with industry. Thank you so much. It's a much. great show. I've been watching. Thank you. Yeah, it's been crazy. Well, I want to get into that, but I also want to get in. I, I love to know more about the people that I interview because there's so much about your character on industry and all of that that we'll get into. But I also just, I love to learn about guests, you know, just a little bit more about your history and where you started. And so how did industry come about? Because I looked you up some and you grew up in London, right? Yeah, I'm an East London boy. So I grew up in East London, um, which is like, uh, um, you know, East London is like kind of cool now. It's become that, I mean, I guess uh, the best American um, <laughs> comparison I can make is maybe like how, you know, how like Brooklyn's quite cool now. And like, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of what it was. I mean, growing up, it wasn't as nice as it is now at all. So, yeah, anyway, I grew up in East London and, um, and I still feel so kind of new to all of this. So, you know, talking about, talking about, um, you know, where I come from and how I got into it. It still feels like a weird new thing for me. But um, yeah, I mean, I went to school and I read Lowe's and I went to drama school. And then after that, you know, things just kind of um, weren't really steady for me. You know, I kind of did like some theatre, which was wonderful, um, which I always love and I always come back to. And yeah, and then, you know, TV came along and then industry is my second TV job. So, um, so that was real, wow. a real cool land. What was it like for you growing up? Because you gave it an example. It was kind of like Brooklyn before it got like gentrified a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, East London, East London is like my home, man. Like I, my family still live there. It's home. You know, I can't I take anything away from it. But it was it was definitely growing up in like the 2000s, I guess. You know, it was like um, my mom didn't want me out late at night at all and anywhere I did go she was like where are you going what time are you going home like your brother will take you like it was that kind of you know neighborhood was it a little bit dangerous like at night oh yeah absolutely absolutely you didn't want to be caught you know in East London past seven eight o'clock because you just never knew what was going to happen you know it was it's it, it is definitely that kind of neighborhood but you know it's, it's definitely changed masses massively now again it's for lack of a better term, it's a bit gentrified. <laughs> um, but, but you know, for the yeah. better, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I mean, my 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 mum carried on trying to find ways to keep me like occupied. I was a I was a very intro introverted 
kid growing up, I, I think I always, I still do anyway. <laughs> I always found it really hard uh, talking to people. And um, I don't know, I was just really shy as a child, I guess. So um, that was like one thing to kind of overcome for myself. But of course, in East London, where everything is so like, uh, bullish in a way you have to kind of find your way of mm, surviving I suppose so I, I had to kind of develop something that meant that you know I can communicate with people and like talk and say what I mean mean what I say all that kind of stuff but my mum being the brilliant woman that she is she carried on trying to find ways to occupy me and 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 uh keep me my mum motivated so I did I did like loads of different kinds of sports and you know I went to I, I did some like boxing. Um, we had like a local gym called the Peacock Gym, and I used to go around there, like you know, as a real, as a child after school, and then I'd come home. It was just like ways to keep me off the street, really, and getting caught up into the wrong things. Especially being like an introverted kid, you know, you're, you know, inevitably, I guess what you want is just friends. <laughs> so you can, you might find yourself doing the right. wrong thing. So yeah, I mean, my my um my upbringing was mostly that, you know, just you know school maybe the boxing gym and home and you know and um and my brother would like saw me out with everything in between oh is your brother older or younger than you he's older than me i'm the youngest oh out of how many just two no 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 out of four so i got my uh eldest sister um i got my my brother and my older sister and i'm the baby so i get away with loads Oh, you're the baby, <laughs> the baby of four. Okay. So did they keep busy as well, your brothers and sisters, or did they kind of mingle in the neighborhood and stuff like that? Or I, I mean, yeah, we definitely like mingled in bits and in ways. My brother's kind of like a role model for me because he, he really found a way to like not only find like a way to be respected and like, you know, do what you need to do to get by. But also like he never got caught up in all the nonsense that was going on around. Um, so we, it meant, and it also it meant because, because he was that kind of guy, cause he was like, I mean, for lack of a better term, kind of cool. It meant that, you know, I was his brother. So people go, no, 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 that's, that's Dante's brother. Don't touch him. You know, that's Dante's brother. Leave him alone. So, um, oh, and same thing from, like, he's, he's cool, cool too. too. I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself cool. I, I think he's cool. <laughs> Um, you kind of get like a cool immunity by proxy. So I think I got that. I, it kind of rubbed off on me. That's cool. <laughs> His name was Dante? Dante, yeah. So then you learned how to box then? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I never went like, uh, I never did like an amateur career or anything like that. But, you know, yeah, I used to go to the gym quite a lot. It was, I don't know, I think even at that age, you kind of, if you find something that you like, you get really serious about it. So I, I used to go all the time and just like, I used to love it. You know, you go and you hit a bag or you, you know, you kind of just spar with someone and learn the basics. And it was a lovely experience for me. Yeah, I loved it. Could you protect yourself? Did you learn enough to like, if you were going to get in a fight, you knew what <laughs> yeah. to do? Yeah, definitely, definitely. You do? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, Joe, I don't want to fight no one, but... <laughs> but, but yeah, I think I'm, not, I'm not advocating <laughs> violence. I am not, Are I promise, sure? David. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I don't even know how to punch. Oh, come you can on, teach Joe, me how to do. punch. I'm not advocating it, but I just think it's kind of cool to show that like you've got this... Um, 
you've got this like boxer side to you that <laughs> nobody knew about. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a uh, it's a thing that I definitely thank my mum for. It was more than anything. Again, it was you definitely learn how to defend yourself, which was a a, a great skill being in East London. But it was a discipline, and I think that that was the greatest gift that she tried to give me which is like anything you want just be serious about it and you've got to, to be serious about it you've got to show up you know you've got to um, dedicate yourself to it in some way or form and I think at that age even what was it? I was think I was like eight nine at the time it, it it really stuck with me yeah wow and how long did you do that for how long did you go to boxing oh uh, well I did I did it among other other sports um uh, yeah around between like you know nine and like uh i'd say around 14 15 a long time a long, long time. time yeah 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 did you ever have to use it <laughs> um what should i plead the fifth on this one i mean <laughs> <laughs> we want to know that you're gonna get you're probably gonna get cast in some like big like like I don't know Sylvester Stallone like boxing movie I don't know probably no, like, what's no. gonna happen I mean that would be really I cool know. I won't say no but um but yes yes it's um I definitely <laughs> I definitely learned enough let's say that yeah yeah um well it's funny because you know when I watch you and then I watch you on the show you do seem so shy you seem very <laughs> reserved and very soft spoken and and it's like I would think like. It just you you're but when I watch you on the show, you're it's different. But I know that's acting. I mean, that's acting, and um, but you do come off much more subdued and I don't know, just um, yeah, a little bit shyer than what I expected. Thanks, Joe. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, yeah. I mean, Gus is Gus is uh, Gus, the character in the industry, is uh, he's he's super different to me in many ways. But one of one of the things that he definitely has is this uh, bullish thing about him, which is like a you know like a cares about nothing, but just says what he means, means what he says, and that's something that I found uh, actually quite fun to do. I, I really enjoyed doing that because it's not really necessarily um, how I my mode of operandus. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, you're making me shy. No, I am. No, no, I think it's good. I think it's, it's, but you even said when you were growing up, you were more shy, a little bit more introverted, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, yeah. Yeah. I used to, um, it was funny cause I used to, I was having a, I was around my mum's the other day, just having a cup of tea with her, which was lovely. And she said to me, she mentioned the time that um, we, we, you know, I come from like a big African Caribbean family, and my mum, my mum mentioned this time. I think it was like a cousin's birthday, something like that, and it meant like a lot of family was going to be there. My mum got me like this three-piece suit. I think it was in reference to industry and my constant wearing of suits as Gus. So she was talking about this time that she got me like this wonderful three-piece suit. And I got ready for I got ready for this party, and I just didn't want to go. Like I really didn't want to go. I think I was just terrified of seeing all these people, all these aunties and uncles, and having to say hello and and talk. I, I mean, I must have been like seven at the time, and my mum was like, uh, "You know, you you were terrified," and I was so terrified that just as we were about to leave, I think we got into the car, and I just I just I, like I threw up. I just vomited all over really? all over myself, and it was it was I weren't sick. I went nothing. I was just terrified of having to talk to these people. Um, and she was, my mum was, my mum told me that story in reference to going 
you know, she was like, look how far you've come. And I was like, no, mum, I still vomit. I, <laughs> I still vomit now, you know, it doesn't, uh, <laughs> it doesn't Do you stop. vomit each time you do, each time you prepare for the show? <laughs> each time, each, every take, before every take, there's a bucket. Every take set. you're throwing up. You have to have a spit bucket. <laughs> Absolutely. No, but do you, do you truly, do you kind of get nervous like that when you do a, sh- when you do a shoot? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, Yes, I, I definitely do. I would lie enough if I said I didn't get to some degree nervous, but I think I've definitely learned that, you know, it's um through watching other great actors and talking to them, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a good thing. You know, you learn to use those things because it means yeah. that you care, you know. So, I, yeah, I've definitely learned how to harvest that energy for something better and bigger than yourself. Also, I guess doing show a show like Industry, or any other character, frankly, you kind of realize that this person is way bigger than yourself and their feelings are way more significant than your own at this one specific time. And I think that is uh, as humbling just to go, you know, swallow that vomit and crack on, you know, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. It reminds me, you said the character Gus is kind of like, reminds me what you said about your brother Dante. He says what he means and does what he said, or what, what did you say? Isn't that what you described your brother as? Yeah, it says what yeah. he means, means what he says. Yeah, he, yeah, that's him. Yeah, that's my, that's my brother. Yeah, he, yeah, funnily enough, my brother, my brother does have, <laughs> I never thought about this, but actually he does. He has quite a lot of Gus similarities. Maybe I took some of the inspiration for Gus from him. He, I, I think we all have like some level to shyness yeah. to us, but he, he, he is much more like forward, you know, which is a, which is a, wow. a great trait. Yeah. And so you're able to kind of, push through that because I would think like it reminds me of like if somebody's so scared to speak or being in a public speaking like they just avoid you know but you like you push forward and you're like this is what what made you decide like you know what I'm I'm shy I feel shy but you know what I want to be an actor I want to be out there I want to you know yeah, I, you know, I think it was just the love of the art. It's so incredible. I mean, I grew up on film. My dad's, my dad's had like stacks of VHS cassettes, and we'd watch like films like Mahogany and Lady Sings the Blues, and um, you know all these. And we watched loads of Bond, and you know all these really great big amazing films and I just loved it I just loved it I loved looking at these actors just being other people and I thought it was so um enlightening and this was even before you know Joe this was even before I started to do like my own research into film and tv and find my own you know proper loves um so I even think from that age when my dad showed me that kind of thing I was just I was hooked you know and I think then you start to research and you realize the sacrifices that people put into, you know, becoming these other people, which is just, uh, it's colossal. And again, it just puts everything in perspective. You know, if this is really what you love and you you cherish it that much, you you would make the sacrifices. Was your dad and mom, were they interested in in entertainment? Yeah, yeah. My my dad, my dad is super interested in entertainment. My dad, my dad is a a music fiend. Like he loves music, which definitely rubbed off my brother because my brother's a singer songwriter. Um, really? So he does that, you know, much more. I mean, I love music as well, but I give that to my brother. 
brother. Um, and my dad, <laughs> my dad also loves loves film. And I guess that's what I took on. You know, he loves film, loves TV, loves acting, loves those great great performances. Um, and my mum is a. I, I say my mum's like the more uh, logical <laughs> out of the two of them. My dad's really sensing and feeling like he'd cry at Gone oh. with the Wind every single time. Oh, I and my mum would be like, "Okay, let's 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 go to dinner." Like, yeah. <laughs> my mum were oh. really into that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, I mean, I kind of got like the best of both worlds between the two of them, like a pragmatic sense, but also like a, a real feeling bit from my dad as well. I think you're a little more like your dad. You <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to me. We're having a, a therapy session know, right here. What happened? Yeah. No, but it's lovely. It's like interesting to know because you know you watch people on screen, and then when you sometimes pull back, I always find it so interesting to understand like where you came from and all of that. And so when you decided I want to go to acting school, so did you have the money to go, or how did you how did you go about? Because you went to RADA yeah. in New York, and so how did that happen? And did your parents support you or how did you figure out like how I'm going to pay for this? Yeah. I mean, no, it was, Joe, it was an absolute, you know, wing and a prayer. Um, you know, I think my, my, again, my parents have been there. I, I got, I got the best parents, man. Like they're, they're super supportive and they just, they, they come from, you know, they're, they're immigrants essentially. So they come from a, a place where it's like, you know, education you know be be knowledgeable be right but for some reason what they've taught us myself my brothers and my sisters is as long as you're serious about something and you love it go for it you know if you don't go for it you never know so I mean they were always supportive of me wanting to pursue acting and do whatever I could do and I guess it came to the point where I was like no I really want to train you know I want to get better I want to know what it is I'm going into, you know, I looked at these, you know, great people like Sidney Poitier and, you know, Ray Fiennes, all these really amazing actors. And I was just like, how do they do what they do? And again, we come from a music background. So you have people like Miles Davis, who went to Juilliard and all these really great people that, you know, they, you know, they, they, they didn't just get out of bed. They like really learned what they, what they, what they mm-hmm. did, you know? So mm-hmm. I, it was really important to me to do that. So I auditioned for two schools at the time, which was um, RADA in London and Juilliard in New York. And, um, and yeah, I was really lucky I got into both. You got into both? Yeah, which was uh, really oh. cool. Um, but yeah, but you know, I'm a Brit boy. So I, I, I thought, you know, I might as well stay in London. My family's here as well. So I, I mean, I was closer to my family. Um, I got a scholarship. Um, that really, really helped. I got a scholarship from Warner Bros, which meant that I um, I didn't have to worry about that. Without that, I I don't know if I would have been able to, to go. So say, wait again, you got a scholarship from Warner Brothers? Yeah, Warner Bros. Yeah, this is a long, uh, it's a long story, but I'll give it to you. Um, give it to Bro- me. <laughs> <laughs> so Warner Bros were doing at the time, um, Alan Rickman, who's obviously a fantastic actor, rest his soul. He he went to Warner Bros. at the time and said, listen, you've got all of our actors from RADA um, and you, um, we deserve money, basically. Give us some money. Obviously, he's talking about Harry Potter and all the amazing actors like Fiona Shaw and Ray Fiennes and all yeah. these brilliant people. So he said, you should give us some money to plug the next generation of talent. And they turned around and said, sure. And basically, that was the first year that I, I applied to RADA and that was the first year they decided to do the scheme. So, it, you know, essentially I applied and 
um, the director of RADA, lovely man, Ed Kemp, decided to support me forward, um, a, a few of us forward for this scholarship. And, uh, and yeah, they chose me. So that was really helpful. So it was a fully paid scholarship for four years or? Uh, three years. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. And so, so would your, could your family have helped you or it would have been too tough for them really to start? I think, I think tuition fees would have, would have killed, would have, would have broke the camel's back. Yeah. I, they, my, my mom really helped me as, as did my dad, they definitely helped me with, I mean, you know, being a student and living off spaghetti of and all that, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But I mean, beyond that, it's the tuition fees and, you know, Warner Bros again, shout out to Warner Bros. Cause they really, they really, um, did me a big one. That's amazing. Wow. That's so cool. And so, I mean, being accepted to Juilliard, that's huge too. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, it's a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> Who yeah. would think like this, this more in, shyer kid and like, you've got all these chops, you've got these like natural, don't you think? Um, yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah. I would say. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Joe. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So then when you were growing up, did you think like, this is what I want to do? This is, I want to be an actor. Or did you ever think like, I think I want to go into banking or I want to do something? <laughs> no, I reckon, I reckon for me, I said, I said really young, that I wanted to do, this is going to sound really corny, Joe, so just cut me off. But I said, I said, I wanted to do something great. You know, I didn't care what it was. I just said, I wanted to do something like big and great and, and you know, creative, I guess. And I, I, I always loved acting. Like I said, I always loved watching these films and these big things. Um, and I mean, it, it kind of came to me organically around 15, 16, around the time that I quit boxing and doing all that kind of stuff. That was when it really started to, you know, roll into being like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And for me, you know, when, when that happened, it, there was no looking back. I said, you know, either dedicate yourself to this or just like, don't, don't do anything. I didn't think about going into banking, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Banking is not for you. Although banking is great for the show it's and, the show, and right? what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you didn't ever, if you weren't an actor, what would you do? Oh, if I weren't an actor, I would, I would, I I'd do something like astronomy or, or, uh, I mean, or be like an astronaut. I love space and, um, I've always loved like that kind of that kind of um, other world things, kismet life, and uh, yeah, that's what I do. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on, it wasn't come that on. bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. So you got to work on the show with uh, Leah uh, Dunham, who's, she did the first episode, right? She, she directed? Yeah, she did. Yeah. What was that like? Oh, man. You know, Lena Dunham. Honestly. No, you can say everything. No, I, I would tell no. you. Joe, I swear, I'd tell you. You would tell me, because we're you. just talking. It's just us. It's just not, us. Nobody's listening. Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, Joe, Lena Dunham is just a sweetheart. 
Like I, okay, so I rewind. I I met her. It was funny because I was auditioning for this show. I got I got the script while I was doing like another show at the time. I was in the in Morocco filming in the desert and I got this script through I was I was playing like an MI6 oh. um character at the time so it was a really different role to like guys from industry but I got the script through and that was part of the reason why I was like oh man this would be so it was just like polar opposite to what I was seeing at the time so anyway I did a tape and I sent it off and then I get back to London and uh you know um I heard that I heard that they really like you we'll wait you know and see then the new year came around and they said, oh, they want to bring you in for uh, another read. So I came in, did the read, went really well. And then they said, okay, just hang tight. You know, we'll let me know. And then and then things kind of like slowed down. And I think it took like a month or two. And then finally my agent called me and said, you know, they, they really like you. The reason why it's taking so long is because um, they're in talks about directors. And there was one director, but now they're really looking at every, another director who has suddenly, you know, you know, come on, possibly coming on board, but we'll keep you updated. And I was like, okay, like, who is this director, dude? Like, is it, is it, is this, uh, you know, they made the way they made it sound, well, my agent made it sound, was like, it was Steven Spielberg. Like, I was like, who oh, is this, right. who is this person that's going to come along? And, and then I remember getting the phone call and it was like, my agent was like, okay, don't, don't freak out. And I was like, I'm not going to freak out. That's not the kind of person I am. Just tell me, just tell me what, what's going on. And she said, Lena Dunham is directing the first episode. And I freaked out because the reason why I freaked out is because I, I think I was like 14 or 15 when I first saw Girls. Oh, um, yeah. And, and it, it, it blew my mind. Like it, it genuinely blew. I don't know. I guess maybe at that age, you're kind of just like, waking up like to the world and like the possibility of like all that naughty things um naughty so, business, <laughs> all that yes. naughty business right um so so i remember that and then i remember thinking god lena dunham is so great and then you have like great actors on that show like adam driver who you know i, I, I was just blown away i've always loved lena dunham which was a, a really amazingly talented creative anyway so then I met Lena. She said, they said that she wanted to, you know, meet me. And so I came in for like my final read and we met over Skype because she couldn't make it to London at the time or to Cardiff rather. And honestly, I, I, I mean, I'm black, so I can't blush. But if, if I weren't, <laughs> I would have, I would have been absolutely bright red because she's just, it's got this infectious energy, which is just, it's just so lovable. And then when you get to working with her, she's so free. Like I've never met a director in my short lived career. I've never met a director who is so, um, um, just do whatever, like see what happens. You know, we do one take, which was as written, and then she'd go, okay, David, let's do one for you. And it was, and I, and personally, I'd, I'd do a take and I'd go completely off script. I'd just do whatever I felt like at the time, what I believed Gus would do. And then she'd come to me and whisper and she would be like, that was great. Let's do another one. And just like, why don't you just throw the chair this time? And we do we do things that would never, ever, ever make it to the show because, of course, like, Gus won't do that. But for some reason, for me, it felt really freeing. And for her, it was really entertaining. So it was just like a wonderful, <laughs> it was a wonderful way to explore the character. And 
with a director like that, it's it's kind of an actor's dream. So yeah, I loved her. Oh, so some of those takes you wouldn't use, but it no. would just be for for you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And yeah, I mean, who? What kind of director does that, right? You know, inevitably you're right. you're on a time frame and you can't move forward. But she was just like, no, let's find let's find something, you know, let's find something that feels real. And that was the beauty of having her in the first episode because it kind of set us up, all of us, for the next eight, seven, eight episodes because it meant that we then, we knew our characters because we did stuff like just character study. So we can just like improvise and be what we wanted to be as those characters as opposed to like these young people like tipping around our characters. So she was, she was wonderful. Absolutely, I love her to pieces. Always when I think of girls, I always think of her being naked. Like it was always <laughs> sex and naked and she was like uninhibited. Yeah. And I feel like in a way she kind of gave some of that to the show a little. Yeah. I don't know. Did you yeah. feel that? A little bit. I mean, I, I, I definitely think that having Lena as a point of call, I mean, the boys who wrote the show, Mickey Down and Comrade K, who are just, you know, geniuses, they, they definitely gave the show its flavor and its style. But Lena definitely came along and was like, um, I think she gave all of us like a sense of, you know, go here because I've been here before and it's okay and it's cool, you know, which meant that all of us were like, she set the bar, like, you know, you have to meet Lena where she was. And she told us, she was like, you know, when she first wrote Girls and when she first, like when it got commissioned and when it was happening, she was like, she was like the same age as all of us at the time we uh-huh. sat we sat at her, at her kitchen table in this like little cottage in in, in rural um rural cardiff it was really weird but anyway, there was like cows everywhere it was cool but anyway we sat around this table eating pizza she was just saying you know i was the same age as you guys you know i've been here before like you're going to be fine just give yourself to it and um and that really stuck with me again what is one thing she made you do or had you do on set that was like wildly uncomfortable comfortable <laughs> what did Lena make me do um uh, do you know you can say it nobody's listening <laughs> it's just me and you um, I won't she, tell I promise I won't tell no do you know I'm genuinely trying to think what did she make me do that was like wildly uncomfortable um that you're like oh this is so out of my comfort zone uh, no nah, do you know I'll be honest Joe I mean uh, it takes a lot to surprise me personally especially when I'm in the zone right but she I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't answer that. She, we did everything. I remember there was a time, for instance, there was a time when we did the take. And actually, I think it kind of made it into the show in its smaller form. Um, it's in episode one. And um, Hari, who, um, who's in episode one, he, I think he kind of books the, the meeting to go in with Lucinda or our, our senior. Anyway, he says, um, Hari, you're in the meeting. Gus, I hope you don't mind. And I go, no, 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 not, not at all. And at the time, my character's eating, I think he's eating like, like Cheerios or something. <laughs> like he's kind of eating cereal at his work desk. And I remember Lena was like, let's just try him eating various different things and see what happens. <laughs> so I think I had Cheerios. I think I had oat milk. I think I had like almond bread, and almond, almond butter on toast. <laughs> and she was like, every, with every single take, she was like, just go a bit more wild with it. So there was times when I was like <laughs> shoving it on face and just being like yeah no it's good for you absolutely <laughs> so I remember that was that was a really good moment but we we, we did loads of things that like it's just it's actually really hard to even think about what we did and so your your character does have like he's always in industry if people check it out on HBO which you should it's very cool 
school and you get into the mode of it. You kind of follow everybody's lives, but you're always so dressed up, like you're suited up. You're like Wall Street kind of vibe. When you think about like fashion, since I'm a stylist and you know, I've got my bow tie on. I don't know I if that, that officially makes me a stylist, but um, but I'm a stylist. And yeah. so are you like a suit and a tie guy before you were like seven years old going to see all your um, family in that three-piece suit? I've always loved a suit and tie. I like, you know, my granddad was like, a, he'd wake up out of bed in like a suit and tie and like a three-piece like he was always just incredibly well dressed and that always I think that always told me taught me something is like a you know like a, a gentleman is always dressed like very 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 well so I've always had the suit and tie um yeah I mean honestly I get off on a really good like Tom Ford suit I mean that's just kind of like dreamy for me you know and um be, I mean, obviously, I don't wear a suit every single day, right? But, right. but I, I, I do love a suit. Have you ever worn a Tom Ford suit? I got, I got really close to wearing one once. Um, I, yeah, I mean, because we were meant to do like an event before before we got put into lockdown, and I think I was really close to wearing a Tom Ford suit. Wow. But no, I haven't, I haven't yet. If you're listening, well, we're Tom putting Ford, this out to Tom. I promise I'll make it look good. I promise. What is your style? Like, what makes you, what do you feel comfortable in? What's your vibe? Um, you know, I mean, it, it depends on how I'm feeling. I really do. I think, you know, I mean, I wake up sometimes and, you know, what I really want is just to put on a hoodie and some jeans and some boots and, like, go for a walk in the woods, you know, like, that's definitely like a, a vibe of mine. Um, you know, occasionally, like, if I'm going out for like a drink or like a pint with mates, I'd wear like a, you know, like a nice, just, just like a t-shirt with like a nice jacket and, and some nice trousers. That's really cool as well. Also, I mean, I love, I do, I do kind of love my sneakers. I'm, I'm a bit of a sneakerhead. However, I mean, I say all this, Joe, I think comfort over anything is like yeah. really important to me. I I, I wouldn't yeah. go around wearing something that I just feel uncomfortable in just because it looks good. It's like, nah, dude, I can't work like that. But I do switch it up from time to time. What are your favorite sneakers? <sighs> okay. So, I mean, I always have a pair of Nike Air Force Ones always in, in my, my wardrobe, just clean white, always they're just always there they're, they're on rotation and beyond that i think i love jordans like i'm a really big fan of jordan jordans um all of them they're just they're just um they're pretty dope like here in la we have a street called melrose and then yeah. we have um fairfax and there's all these sneaker shops and oh, all these man. like um all these places so there's new shoes that always come out. I didn't know if there's like certain ones that come out, like limited edition stuff that you're like crazy about. Always. My my problem is, is I go, I have to turn those notifications off because if I see them, I'm always going to enter like this raffle and just spend. Oh, when you want what you wanted. Yeah. which But I, I, I just, I try and stay away from all that just because again, you end up with like way too much sometimes and it, it, yeah. it can become obsessive. So <laughs> I just, I'm me personally, my Air Force Ones, some Jordans, you know, yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Now that you've done industry, are you seeing like more things kind of coming at you or are you still, do you still have to audition or people are like, I saw you in industry. I want him on. <laughs> um, He's like my Brad Pitt. I have to have him. <laughs> no, it's, um, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm super grateful. I think it coming out and, 
you know, something I would say actually is it's weird. It's really weird it being out because we spent, you know, the better part of six months in rural Cardiff shooting this high finance show kind of you know to the point where of course we knew it was HBO of course I knew it was HBO but I kind of didn't really think anyone would watch it and and now to have like people watch it and it to be received you know so lovely is it's kind of insane so yeah I mean to answer your question I'm I definitely say I'm getting a couple more things through which is really lovely I mean I say all this Joe, I mean, just, I'm not afraid to hunt for my own food, you know. If I have to go and audition, I will, happily. <laughs> I mean, hopefully I'm not, hopefully I won't vomit in the room because, uh, yeah. <laughs> because of your nerves. <laughs> because my nerves. No, but, uh, you won't. And you can call me before you audition. We'll talk you about mind? it. Yes, yeah. call me. Oh, yes, sorry, yes, yes. You. Or just text me and we'll do like a text okay. and then I'll make sure you don't throw up. No, Thank you so much, Joe. Yes, of course. So you you feel comfortable now. You, there's a lot of good things coming up. Yeah, definitely. I'm just really, really grateful. And it's just about, you know, finding the right things, I suppose, that kind of fit because inevitably you never want to do, I guess as an actor, you never want to do the same things twice or you never want to feel like you're, you know, typecast is the word, I suppose. So, you know, um, yeah, it's just it's just about finding the right fit, but I'm definitely super grateful. So when you say typecast, do you mean like another financial show or yeah. that particular character? No, anything, man. I think inevitably you just want to do, you want to explore, con- this is going to sound terrible, Joe. You might have to edit this out. No, it won't. But um, you want to explore the human condition, right? You know, you want to find different things um, in in yourself, in these characters that weren't present to your last character. So, and that can be anything. It hasn't always got to be, you know, doom and gloom, but it's, um, it's just something different. And I think for me, you know, um, when I read Industry, having done the show that I was seeing before, it was very present. Like, I, I just knew that. I just thought Gus was just insanely present, insanely alive on those pages. I was just, of course I wanted to bring him to life. I just thought it would be wonderful. So it's that kind of vibe that you definitely want to feel with, with a script. But, you know, I'm young, so I just want to, I just want to have fun and play around and see what comes in. But sometimes I suppose if somebody comes to you with a really big check to do the same thing... <laughs> Would you do it? <laughs> on, I'll do Joe. it if you won't on, do it. Joe. I swear, Come David, on, I'll Joe. do it if you won't do it. I'll say it's you and we'll do it together. Yeah, shall we we'll do that? We'll split it. How we'll about just, that? We'll split it. No one will we'll ever split know. split it. No one will ever know. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Right. Let's do it. Right. Great. Deal. Um, okay, David, we've got to end soon now, but I do have one question, one last burning question. What's one thing that you haven't told anybody before? Okay. Um, the people, maybe you want people to know, or maybe you're shy about it, but you're like, nah, I'm just going to say it. Uh, okay. Um, uh, I don't know. So um, what's one thing I, I haven't told anyone before? It doesn't have to be crazy personal, though, if you want to, because it's just us. Okay. You know, nobody will know. Okay. I've never told anyone that I, yeah. Okay. I've never told anyone that I really, really enjoy like spicy food sometimes. Oh, no, 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 that's not true. Not incredibly spicy food, but like, like spicy food. I mean, I'm from the motherlands, right? So, <laughs> so I like, I mean, is that a terrible answer? I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out something to tell you, you know? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, that's okay. okay. I'll take it. I mean, no, I mean, you, yeah. If you've got any, if you've got more, I'll take that too. You know what? I'm kind of, t- I'm kind of grabby. So. grabby. Okay, well, I'll give I'm you this one. If you, if you need another one, I'll give you another one. But the reason why I told you that one is because I think it's because I've been watching We Are the Champions recently on Netflix, and there's like a really good episode about chili eating, and it is so good that I think it made me realize that I actually don't mind. I quite like spicy food, and you see people eating the hottest spices on this show. But anyway, I mean, that's why I told you that. Let me think of another one. And you one. like it. I really, and you yeah, love spicy. Yeah, I grew up on it. I definitely grew up on it. So I do like it. I, I can definitely take some picante. Like now really strong. No, not that strong, Joe. I mean, I'm oh, not that strong. I'm <laughs> pushing it. Darn. You're pushing it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to make it more. You really get me oh, to the dear. top. Well, Some you would just leave it at spicy. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> Well, David, thank you so much. Everybody's got to tune in to industry. It's very, oh, what should I say? Fun, sexually charged at times. It's got a lot of spicy things. It's got a lot of spicy things. How about that? So I'm tuned into that. Um, There's a lot of great things and you'll have to come back on the next project you're working with and uh, and tell us more about that. So thanks so much for joining. My pleasure. And uh, everybody can tune in or go to the YouTube and watch the video of David and I. Thanks a lot, David. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank See you. you. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Cat's Walk. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to executive producer Gerardo Orlando, producer Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer Dave Douglas. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.